Good morning, uh, this is James Ross with Money Talk. It's uh, nine minutes to nine and uh, we're pleased to go across now to Sydney uh, to speak to Katrina L uh, from uh, Moody's Analytics, a senior economist there, and uh, she's got our view from Australia. Uh, good morning, Katrina. Good morning, James. Uh, nice to have you on the show. And, uh, you know, I guess we've been talking quite a lot about uh, uh, the response to the uh, Fed holding interest rates and uh, its projections into 2024. Uh, the markets in, in the US particularly, you know, have been surging. And uh, looking at the markets uh, in Australia, the ASX uh, is uh, uh, currently at uh, a four-month high uh, on that, uh, on top of that Wall Street surge. Um, it's, it's been taken quite well then by all accounts by the market. In, in Australia? Oh, definitely. I think um, global markets, but including here in Australia, they really did breathe a sigh of relief, knowing that the Fed is on this clearer path towards, um, you know, next year it's going to be more about when are those rate cuts coming. So we're no longer talking about rate hikes anymore. It's more about, okay, um, it looks like the Fed has done enough to sustainably tame inflation. Inflation should continue to um, be on its trend south to, you know, eventually return to its target range. And so because of that, now we're looking at rate cuts. And I think rate cuts, you know, are obviously beneficial for growth. It also reduces the risk um, that the U.S. will actually succumb to a recession. They were able to avoid it uh, this year. And so next year, given that, that rate cuts are more on the horizon, um, it adopts does further decrease those odds of a recession, which is, of course, good news for the global economy because the US is such an important player. And it's also good news for Australia as well, because, you know, obviously we're not immune to any of the challenges that happen overseas, including in key markets like the US. Obviously, inflation dropping in uh, in the US towards uh, 2%. and the UK, uh, it's down from 10% at the beginning of the year uh, to 4.6% uh, in October. It's sort of going in that direction. And similarly, uh, in Europe, how's um, how's things feeling about inflation in Australia at the moment? Yeah, I think what's happening with inflation in Australia is really interesting. So we've kind of got uh, two almost tussling factors when we're looking at inflation. On the one hand, um, inflation that is driven by overseas factors, so things like oil prices, it's come down substantially. But if we're looking at domestically driven inflation, so we're looking at inflation coming off the back of services like, um, you know, going to the hairdresser, going to the dentist, that kind of thing, that's actually quite elevated still. And it's it's remaining quite sticky. And it's, um, I think, a point of frustration for the central bank uh, when they're actually looking at what's happening with inflation, because that underlying inflation, that domestically driven inflation is, is really on a, a much more sluggish downtrend. And so I think because of that, uh, the communication that we've seen coming out of the Reserve Bank of Australia has been, um, you know, that they're really keeping the door open for the possibility of further hikes. Now, our view is that we don't actually expect further rate hikes in Australia. We think that the RBA has done enough. But given that inflation is just still um, too elevated and too sticky, um, they do, uh, you know, are really keeping their options open just to see how um, inflation does come down with the existing amount of tightening that they've already delivered. And I guess the the reality is, is that um, we've been wrong before and they've surprised us, haven't they, with uh, one or two decisions? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that November decision, um, it could have gone either way, really. And it, it's, 
It's a hard job being a central bank, and I think those surprising decisions really does crystallise how hard it is being a central bank because they're, they're being asked to respond to decisions now based on data that was in the past. So they're trying to make assumptions on how quickly they think inflation is evolving or, or how quickly the labour market is evolving. And it's really difficult because they just don't have that up-to-date information. And I think the Another complicating factor has really been the, the labour market because it has held so resilient in the face of all this monetary tightening that's been delivered. I mean, if someone had told me um, at the beginning of this year that we'd still have an unemployment rate uh, just below 4%, I would have said that's impossible. We'll have all these rate hikes that will cool the economy, but it's, it's just been holding steady so so strongly. Yeah, and I guess that jobs report this uh, come out this week has underlined that uh, it is uh, 3.9% at the moment and going into 2024, you know, how does that, uh, how does that leave the economy? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think there's um, some really interesting dynamics happening with the Aussie labour market at the moment. And I think what we saw in that November jobs report was that, um, yeah, as you mentioned, the unemployment rate ticked up a tiny bit, but not much to 3.9%, which is incredibly low by historical standards. But really interesting was that the participation rate, which is um, been climbing for quite some time, actually hit a fresh record high in November. So, um, you know, we're still got it. We still have that exuberance in terms of um, hiring coming from employees, even though they're dealing with this environment of elevated inflation. But we are seeing some, you know, emerging signs of softness when we look really closely at the labour market data. So, for instance, the number of hours worked has actually been trending a little bit lower. Um, and so that tells us that, all right, the demand environment in Australia is weakening, but it's certainly not falling in a heap. It's, you know, we like to call it orderly cooling rather than um, sudden kind of falling, <laughs> which is a positive thing. Uh, turning to the property market, um, you know, we, we know how, how Aussies so much like uh, watching uh, the value of their properties uh, go up, as indeed we do here in Hong Kong. Um, house prices increasing at the moment, um, but, uh, you know, that in the face of interest rates uh, increasing as well. Is that surprising? Oh, definitely. It's, it's incredibly surprising looking um, at the environment that we've been in, in terms of having such aggressive rate hikes over such a short period of time, because we know from past cycles that Australia's housing market is incredibly interest rate sensitive. So the fact that we've got these um, price gains, I mean, they're modest price gains, but they're still price gains nonetheless coming through is surprising. But one of the, the key drivers of that, that, well, there's actually two key drivers. The first is Australia has been experiencing very strong population growth. And so because of that um, additional demand for houses from overseas arrivals, that's been pushing up prices. But the other factor as well is that um, there's incredibly limited supply when it comes to, to housing in Australia, particularly in those key capital cities like like Sydney, Melbourne, for instance. And so that's been an added kind of uplift on house prices. And that's also reflected in the, the strong rental growth that's been experienced as well. So um, it's, a, it's a supply and a demand factor just to, um, you know, add that typical economist kind of speak on the end there. Katrina L, thank you very much. Senior economist at Moody's Analytics, giving us a view from Australia.